What's going on, everybody? This is Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics, and this is the Chondrocast, the podcast about green tree pythons and the people that keep them. Enjoy the show. Howdy, 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 everybody. This is episode 17 of the Chondrocast. I'm Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. Uh, back for another week of awesome Chondro content. Uh, this week I am joined by David Hockstadt of High City Reptiles. What's up, guys? How's everyone doing? Am I 2-0 and on the last name? Yeah, I mean, you're saying it perfectly. Yes. The first time I heard you say it, I was like, no way he said my name right. <laughs> no way. Hawkstat. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty simple. I mean, once you look at it, you're like, oh, yeah, like the bird, yeah, like a hawk. Everyone always wants to pronounce the CH as uh, uh-huh. Hotch, you know. Hawkschat. Yeah, yeah, it's German, though, Hawkstat. That's actually where the name High City comes from for High City Reptiles. It's German for High City. That's Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, that's where that comes from. That's awesome. I was I was actually yeah. curious about that because I know you're you're down in Florida. You're in like I southeast in Florida. Florida. Yeah, I'm in southeast Florida. I'm in uh, Palm Beach County, Delray Beach. Yeah, I was I was like I don't unless that's a Florida thing that I just don't know of. I, I wasn't sure if that was. Uh... No, it's not. To be honest, I've never even really. Well, I have been to Philly before, but uh, I, I, I'm not even really familiar with the, the big city life or anything mm-hmm. like that. You know, I just kind of everyone's always out there using their initials and stuff for their. Uh, snake names and i thought i'd change it up a little bit i like it i did the same thing i was like i love south carolina it's my home state i was like what is south carolina known for it's the palmetto state and i was like i'm on the coast nice and it was originally gonna be like palmetto coast geckos or something like that because i was breeding geckos at the time i was like but i knew i wasn't gonna just do geckos so i said it's got to be exotics or something a little more broad because i'm not just gonna be doing one thing right right and then I've been very tempted to change it to Palmetto Coast Chondros just because I want to focus on those a lot. But yeah, still can't do it. You know, I got too much other stuff. No, absolutely. When I first was starting off, like, you know, all I wanted to do was actually work with Chondros. That was like my main focus. And uh, I wanted to originally be called East Coast Chondros. But mm-hmm. I was like looking around and I felt like I, I think I had saw someone on maybe Facebook with that name. And I was like, oh, I can't use that thing. Yeah. That was the other thing, too, was finding somebody that hasn't already used, you know, PCE or any of the other ones I had in mind. Right, right. So, it's funny. I have a, a Hotmail email address from, like, the ninth grade, maybe the tenth grade, and it's it's Infinity Morelia because that's what my, like, back then I was, like, dreaming of breeding carpets and stuff, and I was like, I'm going to name it Infinity Morelia, and I still have it and still use it. That's cool. It's, like, 20 years later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's so cool. <clears throat> But uh, are you from Florida originally? Yeah, man, born and raised in Florida. I was actually uh, I was born in South Florida, not far from where I live now. But uh, I grew up in Central Florida, like right outside of Orlando. I That's where I the majority of my life. But yeah, I live down here in sunny South Florida now, man. I love it. Cool. I uh, yeah, I mean, we got to talk at Daytona a little bit. We didn't get to spend a whole lot of time together. We hung out. Yeah, man. I was I was super stoked to meet you. I don't know if you couldn't tell when I when I called your name out when you walked by me. I like that. Oh yeah, I was like, oh yeah, I recognize that guy. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, yo, it's David. Hey, you mentioned me. I know you know who I am. Mm-hmm. What's up? 
Yeah, I was super excited. Yeah, I always have a really good time at those shows. It's always a, a blast. That's so a lot of fun. Do you... And it's cool this kind of, you know, a lot of these people you see at these shows, like you only see once a year, but, you know, everyone kind of remembers everybody. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like going to camp or something for the weekend and seeing all your friends from last year and everyone has a good time. It's, it's, it's really cool. Do you usually go every year? Um, since I've been into snakes and stuff, yeah, I've been every year. I've been okay. every year for the past four years. So I've, I've, I've been keeping green trees and balls and stuff for about four years now. Like That's like when I wanted to be serious about it. You know, I mean, I've kept the other reptiles and stuff throughout my life, yeah. but... But like four years ago, I was like, okay, you know, I want to try to get serious with this and really do something with it, you know? Yeah. That was my, uh, that was my first time going. I've never been to Daytona before. Oh, really? Yeah. I've yeah. wanted to go for I'm years. Gonna... I mean, I remember seeing the, that, that same logo and stuff they use. I remember seeing that in Reptiles Magazine like 20 years ago. Uh, the NRBE logo? Yeah, just with the boa in the state of Florida. And I just remember thinking like, man, it, you know, it says the same thing every year. Like the ad never changes, you know, the world's largest reptile expo. And I just remember right. as a kid flipping through reptiles being like, oh, that'd be so cool to go to. Yeah. And I finally no, got it, around it, to it at 28. <laughs> it's definitely a lot of fun. It's, it's, um, there's a lot more going on than like the, like the Repticon, the local yeah. Repticon shows, you know? I enjoyed it just for the social aspect, honestly. Like, I'm not a social person, really, by nature. I usually like to kind of keep to myself and do my own thing. Uh, right. But to me, like, that was more enjoyable than the actual show itself, was just getting to hang out with everybody at the hotel. and uh, Yeah, uh, I was hanging out with you, and, and Forrest yeah. Fanning was there, Ian Bissell, Eric Chung. Um, yeah, yeah. Jacob, who's, uh, how do you say his last name? It's, uh, like, Hovision or something like that. He's up in Charleston. He's not that far from me. I met him for the first time. Uh, got to hang out with Tim Morris and James Opdahl, like P and Cody's place, which was a pretty big deal. Yeah, those are those are some cool dudes. I had yeah. um, I bought uh, two snakes off of James uh, last year at Daytona, and um, got to talking with him a little bit, you know. And uh, this year I bumped into him. He like grabbed me right away and was like, "What's up, man?" You know, <laughs> and like back to that whole thing, you know, with not seeing these people for a year yeah. and bumping into them and everyone's like best friends again. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was really enjoyable to hang out and smoke cigars with people and drink too much like I did. And yeah, yeah, it was. No, uh, I mean, I'm I'm really glad you uh, had messaged me and told me to come down and hang out with you guys. Dude, that's what it was like for pretty much all three nights. Was just you know all the people hanging out on the back porch there. Um, yeah. That night that I messaged you was like when it was me and Forrest and and Ian yeah. and. I was like, yeah, dude, you, know, you want to hang out with Condro guys? Like, get on down here. Like, this is the Condro table right now. It was just Condro yeah, guys kicking but, back. <laughs> yeah. What's so funny, um, I was hanging out with uh, my buddy Phil. I, I know you know Phil. I, first of all, his last name just – I can't even think Wolf. of it right now for some reason. Wolf. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I hung out with Phil a lot that weekend too. I gave him a bunch of cigars. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, yeah, I was over at the Hilton. I was hanging out with him, and I'm like – I saw you guys and you and all the Condor dudes over at the at that table, and I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, fellas, good seeing you, man. I got to go hang out with the Condor guys now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like I got to go talk to them. It was funny too because I'm sitting there, and you know, Forrest is there. I've never I've never met Forrest, mm-hmm. and obviously I follow his Instagram and watch his story every day, and he's got some fucking oh, stellar. Yeah, he does. Green tree pythons, just like out of control, and I was kind of sitting there. I'm like, man, like uh, like I got to talk to him about some green tree pythons and everyone's kind of in their own little conversations mm-hmm. and stuff and i got up to go get another beer and i came back and he was gone and i was like dang i missed my opportunity yeah like, man oh. he's he's just an encyclopedia 
you know, for Conjure yeah. lineage stuff, that that guy he can he can dig deep, and so can Tim Morris. I mean, obviously it's Tim. Oh Morris, yeah, but, absolutely. Man, they yeah. they like. I like all the lineage stuff. I'm, I have to admit, and I told them this. I was like, you know, I really, I don't keep up with a ton of it. I'm not one of those guys that has the encyclopedia brain. That's like, yeah, this was paired, you know, six years ago back to this, and yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I don't pay a whole lot of attention to that kind of stuff. Right, right. I keep track of lineage, like if I know it, yeah. I definitely keep track of it. But it's not something where I'm like going through sort of the history books of it and being like, yeah, this gets traced all the way back to Trooper, or, you know, anything like that. But Right. Some of it does get a little hard to follow. Yeah, I mean, it does. I definitely have some snakes in my collection that, you know, are undocumented. And then I have some mm-hmm. snakes that have lineages that go back to, like, Trooper Walsh and, like, yep. stuff like that, like, in the 70s. And it's like, you know, um, I have a couple of John Lucky snakes in my collection. Nice. And um, he's got some really nice stuff. And yeah, he, does. he really does his homework and keeps track of everything really, really well. And he sent me these family trees and all these lineages. Mm-hmm. And it, I, I don't even know where to start when I'm looking at it. It's like I'm looking at um, like astro science or something, you know, it's just like <laughs> over my head. I'm like what? I don't yeah. even know what any of this means, you know. And I'm sure obviously – if I knew every single snake breeder out there's initials and blah, 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 I would know what I'm looking at a little bit more, but you know, I really, I really don't know what I'm looking at when I'm looking at that lineage tree that you sent me. I think it's one of those things where if you're in the hobby long enough, like if you're in condos long enough, you go, Oh yeah. I remember when that guy bred that four years ago, that was, right, cool. that was right, a cool right. pairing, you know, like people remember yeah. these kind of things, especially the standout pairings. Absolutely. Yeah. I've, <laughs> I've definitely been seeing a lot of that and that, that definitely helps out with, um, Basically, like with Instagram and stuff, you know, people have are always constantly posting photos, and it's you almost yeah. always have like documented evidence out there mm-hmm. where these things are coming from, and it's kind of cool. I have a couple high yellows in my collection I got from um, Seth Patrick a few years ago, and they have some stellar lineage, and mm-hmm. uh, they come from uh, on the sire side. They come from some Greg Maxwell snakes, and uh, in Greg Maxwell's complete Condro guide, they're grand sire grand dam and the sire of my um snake are all photographed in there and they all go back to oshi uh hy snakes and um you know i'm like looking at it in this book and i'm like holy crap like look at this lineage you know like this stuff is yeah. like real and people are really out there keeping track of this stuff it's pretty wild yeah and i mean i'm not like against it by any means it's just like i said it's one of those things where if it's not in my collection i'm really not paying a whole lot of attention to it same you know? same same Absolutely. I'm. I'm. A, I really think people need to keep track of that kind of stuff. You know, definitely with the designer yeah. stuff. If you're getting far down the line. Yeah. Um, no. I absolutely. So I mean, I'm not. I'm not against it by any means. I just. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. When you're when you come in that far into sort of the storyline of things, it's like you know I missed a lot. So I'm just gonna pick up where I came in at and roll with it. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, it's it's definitely uh, cool to know all the lineage and stuff, but I mean, you know. I think uh, at the end of the day, what this, what the sire and the dam look like, are what's going to matter most to what these snakes end up looking yeah, like. Yeah, definitely. You know? But um, I mean, obviously, the lineage always having a good pedigree, so it's so great. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, it is cool to see like where it came from. You know, to see that ten, you know twenty years ago it started out with this pair that got imported. Right, right, right. You know, by this person, and then they threw in some other stuff, and then it created this, and that's sort of like what was the catalyst for starting all this other cool designer stuff. It is so it is yeah. neat to see it all sort of unfold. Yeah. Well, in a I sense. mean, that's where it all started. It was all imports, you right? Know, all new blood. 
but uh, what's your background with with snakes in general? Have you always been into them? Is it a not you know honestly not really man you know like I always liked reptiles and all all animals like honestly as a kid growing up I I kept everything and I did have a couple snakes when I was a kid and mm-hmm. you know like in I'm gonna say like in my early 20s I had a ball python and I got uh, some chameleons and stuff like that some Pac-Man frogs and I started getting a, a cool little collection of uh, reptiles and amphibians and I always 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 wanted a green tree python but you know they're pretty expensive snake if you're not really that crazy about spending upwards of $800 right. on a snake, you know? And, um, for me, it was always a little bit out of reach and they always seemed a little bit intimidating too. You know, I wasn't mm-hmm. super experienced with them and they always have that bad rep of being really nasty and, uh, you can't hold them ever and stuff. And, uh, it, it just seemed a little bit out of my reach. And my girlfriend I'm with now, uh, Four years ago, from my birthday, she bought me a green tree python, and uh, that was just it, dude. <laughs> that was it. I, I was holding that thing, and I was like, man, I need 50 more of these, <laughs> you know? It's weird, because, I mean, they're really, they don't feel any different than any other snake, but when you hold one, it's like, yeah, I'm holding yeah. one. You know, yeah, I, like, yeah, I was, oh. I was so sold on it. I couldn't, I couldn't even believe it, man. Feels no different more. than a boa constrictor, but for some reason, it's just so much more magical. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just needed more. And from there, you know, I started collecting more snakes, and I was just kind of mm-hmm. buying up green tree pythons wherever I could get them at. And I, uh, I reached out to a friend of mine that worked at Sea Serpents, and was like. Hey man, you know, I'm trying to become a snake breeder. I want to breed green tree pythons and I don't really know where to start. And, you know, I need to kind of get my foot in the door somewhere. How, where, what do I do? And he's like, well, come clean snake shit at sea serpents. <laughs> so I was like, all right, cool. So, you know, I just got to started working for sea serpents part time, going in there three days a week, cleaning poop all day long, just getting experience working with different animals and mm-hmm. snakes and, uh, working on building racks a little bit here and there too, and just kind of learning the business a little bit. And I did that for maybe about a year and a half. And I, uh, I, I actually, I, I got, uh, into an, a wakeboarding accident. I used to be on a wakeboarding. I ended up blowing out my knee and I, uh, oh, kind of take some time off of work and stuff. So I, that's when I stopped working at sea serpents, but that was pretty much it, man. You know, I just was working there for a while and just getting experience and buying snakes and getting racks and time had passed and I had a pretty decent little collection going and, you know, got into breeding and, you know, working at sea serpents, I started getting into ball pythons and stuff too. And, mm-hmm. you know, a couple of my buddies were like, Oh, green tree pythons are impossible to breed. You should, you should work with ball pythons. They're easy. You know, every, you know, the market's great for them. And, so I was like, okay, cool. I'll, I'll get into breeding those too. So, you know, so I bought up a shit ton of ball pythons also. So now I got this huge collection of ball pythons as well. And I love my ball pythons, so don't get me wrong, but uh, definitely not as much as I love my green tree pythons. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I will say, and not to, maybe I shouldn't say this on, on the podcast or whatever, but uh, it's, it's crossed my mind several times of uh, maybe selling my entire ball Python collection off and just trying to focus on green tree pythons. Do it. That's, that's where I was wanted to be at from the start, you know, mm-hmm. and I got kind of influenced in the ball pythons just from other breeders telling me I should do it. Cause if I wanted to breed, that's what I needed to breed. And, yeah. But now that I'm actually breeding and I've been doing it for a couple of years, I'm kind of like, all right, cool. Time, time to time to focus on what I really wanted, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I've thought about it too. 
like getting rid of everything that's not a green tree. But I don't. I just. I feel like, not that I would necessarily get bored, but I would end up with other stuff over time, anyways. Yeah. Like a Baird's would show up, or a Brettles, or a carpet, and I'd be like, "Well, I kind of miss having those." And so I'd, you know, I'd sell them all, and they'd all somehow I'd end up back at where I was before I sold everything. I know. What so you mean. I don't know. I got a. It's nice to have colubrids, and it's nice to have the green trees and the boiga and. The other odds and ends, I don't know. It's just, it's diversity is the spice of life. No, absolutely. Like I said, I I don't, you know, I I do love my balls. They're just not as much as my Mm -hmm. greens. It's very tempting, though. Like, I'm right there with you. There's some days where I'm like, man, if I sold all this stuff, I could take that money and invest it in some pretty sweet (laughs) condos and make something happen. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, man, the the condos I could buy. (laughs) And then I pull out, you know, my beards or whatever, and I'm like, oh, never mind. These things are too cool. Yeah, they're too much fun. So, uh, so was it when you were at Sea Serpents that you decided to start HCR? Um, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I kind of like I when I started Sea Serpents, it was already in my head that I wanted to breed snakes. You know, I, I wanted to breed mm-hmm. trade pythons off the gate. That was the whole reason why I started working there, just so I could get more experience working with other snakes, you know. Like, I had uh, considered trying to uh, go and get a part-time job working at, like, underground reptiles, because, you know, I'm, like, right down the street from mm-hmm. them. And uh, uh, the jungle, I'm sure you know them. Yeah. Uh, with Jay over there. Uh, he's right down the street from me too. And I'm, I'm pretty cool with him. And I had considered hitting him up too and being like, Hey man, what's up? Give me a part-time job, you know, but, um, I didn't really want to go and work in the snake store. You know, I, mm-hmm. you know, I wanted to, I wanted to go work for like, at like a breeding facility and kind of learn like the behind the scenes shit. Yeah. Not, the pet yeah, part, yeah, you not know? necessarily and, retail space, but yeah, yeah, exactly. Facility. I wanted to learn how to breed snakes, not mm-hmm. work a retail store. And so, um, yeah, I yeah I went into Sea Serpents with the idea already. I was like, okay, I'm going in here essentially to like do like an apprenticeship. You know, I worked for dirt cheap, and it was you know I I, did, I wasn't even really worried about the money when I went there. It was yeah. all about learning and getting my hands on big snakes and just getting experience and stuff and watching watching breedings happen and stuff hatch and boas give live birth and stuff. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. You know, the first time I saw that, I walked into work and it was you know there's this whole litter of boas in there and this big females squeezing them out and it's like holy shit look at this you know <laughs> where are they all coming from yeah yeah it was, it was wild and chris happens to have some really really nice boas over there too he's got some really cool moon glow stuff and mm-hmm. super moon glows and he's working with some pretty cool stuff over there nice yeah and so what but, uh, was because I found but, uh, I, I actually wasn't originally it wasn't even high city reptiles in my head I was trying to I was playing with different ideas of different names to call myself but I was in no real rush to um start branding myself or anything yeah. like that like I had a couple friends that were like dude you got some nice snakes man you should be all over Instagram posting everything and this and that and I'm like yeah but I'm not like really a snake breeder yet mm-hmm. like I just kind of have them and I'm playing with breeding a little bit like you know, I, I see a lot of guys on Instagram and they don't really have, I'm not, I'm not to hate on anyone, you know, but like they don't really have a whole lot going on when it comes to their snake collection, but they have a logo and t-shirts yes. and stickers. And no, dude, and it's, that, it's know. so much worse with gecko and, and, people. When I was I in Crested. I'm like, dude, I, you know, I spent money on stickers too, dude. That, you know, it's a couple hundred bucks, man, but I'm looking yeah. at you and 
you, you never finished making the payments on the snake that you mm-hmm. that you put on hold with me, but but you you bought sensor pushes and stickers and yeah. stuff like that. It's like <laughs> what are you what are you doing, man? No, it's the is, same is that... thing in geckos, dude. Like you'll see people that are like you know future gecko breeder in twenty thirty five, and it's like why like why why even if you're not actually breeding like it's yeah. one thing to have ambitions it's another thing to like flat out say like kind of label yourself as a breeder when you're not actually breeding anything yeah no i know and it, it took me um i want to say almost three years two and a half three years before mm-hmm. i was like okay i need to like make a logo and be a little bit more real about what i'm doing you know like i was in no rush to show off nothing you know yeah because i don't think i labeled myself or even created really any th- well I created an Instagram and a Facebook page, but it was as I was pairing my first animals and stuff. Right. So I was actually in the process of doing it. Right, um, right, right. But, yeah, I had over 100 snakes in my collection before I called myself High City Reptiles. Yeah. People out there and they got eight snakes and they're like, check out my new logo. And I'm like, not, I'm like I said, not, not, again, not, <laughs> I feel bad. I'm not, not to hate, but it's just like, man, like, if you want to be a snake breeder, focus on the snakes, man. Yeah, no, it's funny you mentioned that because you know? I noticed the exact same thing. Focus on the snakes. Yeah. So, uh, what what initially did you see a chondro somewhere, and that's what kind of like, yeah, ignited that. Yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, you know, I had kept other some other animals and reptiles and stuff, mm-hmm. and you know, being close to underground reptiles, I'd go in their store and walk around all the time, and I'd always see their chondros in there. And uh, so this, I want to say this is probably like seven or eight years ago. They had a chondro in there. And at the time, I didn't really know anything about it, you know. Mm-hmm. And I just saw it was it was yellow. It was a neo, yellow neonate, but it was uh, labeled a canary. It's like a canary chondro. And me being ignorant, not really knowing at the time what it was or anything like that, I'm looking at it. I'm like, oh, canary, it's yellow. But, you know, it's just yellow because it was a baby, obviously. And they got red ones in the other tanks. And I'm like, oh, this one's yellow because it's a canary. And, Later on, you know, I find out that obviously they hatch yellow and who knows if that snake from Underground Reptiles was actually a Kofi or not. But, um, yeah, I was just blown away by it, man. I just was like, holy shit, look at Mm -hmm. this yellow snake in here. You know, it's like this is just the coolest thing. And it was just so mean looking when it with its head and you know the way their 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 jowls on the the muscles on the their jaws are just the shape of their head and very dragon like, you know, and. Yeah, I just was blown away by it. Uh, ever since then, I was it was always kind of my dream snake. But, uh, you know, they're like I said, they're always a little bit expensive for me. And I was like, yeah, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know. And, mm-hmm. yeah, my, my girl jumped the gun for me, and it's the best thing that ever happened. And so what was your first one? Was it just a Biok or? No, it was in Aru. Oh, cool. It was in Aru. My first one she got me was in Aru. Um, it didn't last very long though. Um, I don't died. think anybody's first chondro ever has very long because mine did. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's first chondro is just a dumpster fire. It sounds like. Yeah, man, it broke my heart. You know, it really did. I was super upset. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to say where it came from because I don't, you know, I don't want to yeah, bad mouth fine. anybody, but, uh, after it died. So like I mentioned earlier, my girlfriend was trying to become a, a vet. Well, I think I said that while we mm-hmm. were before we were on the podcast, but yeah, my girlfriend's been working on becoming a vet. So she does work at a vet for a veterinarian. Now she's a vet tech. She's been doing it for like 10 years. Um, so whenever I get new snakes and stuff like that, I, you know, I'm able to get fecals done really easily and get yeah. all my stuff treated yeah. and tested like on the spot. And, um, 
we, we took that snake in after, uh, it had died and checked it out at the vet and it was riddled with parasites internals Mm -hmm. and, uh, that's what had killed it. And, you know, not once again, not to knock where it came from or anything, but you know, people got to be careful out there. That's why, that's why all the green tree python breeders stress so much about getting captive bred snakes Mm -hmm. instead of imports because your imports are going to die. You know, it's just that if if you're, if you're not ready to buy an import and take it to the vet immediately and get it tested out, you're, you know, you're, you're not, probability is very high that your snake's not going to last long. Yeah. You know, it's funny with the imported stuff too. I was like kind of self-conscious about the first one that I lost, which was also eight or nine years ago. I think it was nine years ago. Uh, And now it's like. I got a freezer full of them. Like I've killed so many freaking chondros just in the last like two years. It's, it's sad. Yeah. (laughs) But it it sucks. I think everyone that's, that's after talking to a lot of guys that have been in the, in the, this corner of the hobby for a long time, they're like, yeah, so have I, you know, it's like, whatever. Everyone kind of goes through that growing pain. Anybody who says, well, I haven't killed a single chondro yet. You know, it's like, okay, well that's either luck or, they're lying. Yeah, it's especially like... if, especially if they're breeding them. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> if you're just... breeding them, you definitely killed a fucking green tree. But yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm cursing over here. No, it's all good, man. I got the I got the I put the explicit label on on both shows just in case okay, okay, if anybody okay, doesn't okay. like it and they can go for it. I, I can't. Sometimes I can't control my mouth. It's okay. It's the Florida in you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, what's your current collection? Huh? What's your current collection with condos looking like right now? I got, um, I want to say about 18 or so. Okay. 18. That's like including the one I got from you today mm-hmm. and my two holdbacks. Maybe maybe 19 or 20, actually. Ni- 19 or 20, including what I got from you today and, and my two holdbacks. More than 17, that, less than that's 25. Not, that's not counting my, the whatever uh, condos I have available for uh-huh. sale. That's just my collection. Most of those are adults. Well, sub-adults to adults. Speaking of, of the one you got today, how is he settling in? It. Dude, he, she, it. The, he, she, he, she is great looking, man. Thank Zier. you. Zier is fantastic looking. Yeah, like I said, that one was going to be hold back like two weeks ago. I was looking at it, and I was like, I think I want to keep you. And then I was sending man. pictures. I was like, you know what? I, I told you I didn't to keep want you. to take it from you. No, man. I was like, it, it's all good. It's all good. I would have been totally cool taking another no, one if you wanted to no. keep that. Like, not at all. It's yours now, buddy. All right. Well, I'm not gonna argue that. <laughs> like I told you, man, I'm probably one of the easiest people you'll ever work with as far as selling and trading and stuff. Like, I'm I'm so low key about the whole thing. You know, it's like whatever. Something happens, I got you. I'll send you another. Nice. You know, whatever. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't let. There's something Harlan. I don't know if you ever talked to Harlan Wall, but we were talking about sort of. Uh, what do you say? Like people who go on uh like bad reviews and BOI threads and stuff like that. He's like, you know, is your reputation worth however much that animal was that you sold to that person? Right. It's to me, it's like no, you know, it's like whatever. You you sometimes you gotta you gotta take a slap on the PP and and keep going. So yeah, you gotta roll with the punches. Yep. <clears throat> but I also pride myself on having a pretty flawless uh sales record and and really good reviews across the board and yeah all that good stuff so you yeah, can't have no, problems would, if you I, don't start them what was that I said you can't have problems if you don't ha- you know 
set yourself up to have any in the first place. Yeah. I will say though, man, um, the moment I decided I wanted to, uh, sell snakes, um, for a living, I, uh, realized you have to be very, very patient. Yes. You have to be very, very patient with people. It's, uh, it's can be very testing at times. That's something but, uh, I that's something I see on fauna and stuff all the time. People are like, oh, no tire kickers, no low yeah. ballers. It's like, yeah. dude, that's part of the game. Like, that's part of the, you're gonna have if you don't put a price in the ad first of all. Right, people right. are gonna message you and ask you how much it is. Yeah, expect that. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> like, if you if you don't want low ballers, guess what? You're gonna get some anyways. Like, whatever. If someone offers you a no number, like. Are you that important to where you can't take two seconds to say, hey, sorry, like that's lower than I want, you know? Right, right. No, think about absolutely. it, come back to me with a higher number. That's just, it's it's not that difficult. And people are always like, I hate low ballers. It's like, well, then don't sell snakes. Because as long as we're selling snakes, yeah. they're going to exist. No, they're, they're yeah, there's, there's a ton of them out there. Part yeah, of you the game. Be patient. You got to be ready for it, you know? I'll be honest, I had, um, slightly had I don't want to say lost my temper but kind of gave a, a guy a little bit of attitude one time uh, like two years ago and uh, I felt terrible afterwards and I was like man like he was being a real pain in my ass and I was just over it he was, <laughs> he was messaging me every other day for three weeks asking me the same question every time I, I swear to god he asked me the same question like nine times and I was just like dude enough I'm over it why are you bothering me like what's going on you know I'm like I already told you no and mm -hmm. like you know I kind of popped off on him and I felt really bad afterwards I was like man I was like I gotta make sure I don't ever do that again <laughs> oh I mean some of it like when it gets taken kind of too far like that that's when it's like alright dude I'm just gonna say thanks and then I'm probably just gonna block you yeah. You know, to me, yeah, that's just the simplest you, uh, course of action is to just hit the block button, man. Just don't. Right, right, right. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if you noticed from, like, my Instagram feed. You know, I don't post a whole, whole lot on there, but right. everyone seems to want to be always talking about the hottest political topic or oh, this and dude. that. And I, like, avoid all of that stuff at all then, costs. Since like, you're not on not Facebook, want... stay off Facebook. because Yeah, it's yeah I do not want any of that on my page at all. I see people bickering and arguing all all the time over this guy claims he's a great breeder, but he's not, and he's ripping off logos or this and that, and it's just like, man, there's so much drama. Like, mm -hmm. just, Ain't nobody just got time for my, that. I just post my pictures of my snakes, man. <laughs> Yeah, because I do that on the, the THP page a lot. Like, I'll post, like, a meme or something. Like, when we did uh, seeing pictures from Daytona, you know, there was everyone was, there was a lot of people complaining. I won't say everybody, but there's a lot of people complaining about, you know, oh, the box those snakes are in on the table is too small. They need more space. This, that, the other. Oh, yeah, so, I did see that. It yeah. Corn, it's my freaking Baird's rat shoved in a paper towel tube so hard I had to practically cut it to get it out. Right, right. And people were like, well... Just because they they can use smaller spaces doesn't mean they, you know, they shouldn't have them. And it's like they're not even living in these things. Like it's temporary. Yeah. Like mother of God. And I'd look, and it'd be like some thirteen year old girl who has like two ball pythons. Yeah, yeah. And a bearded dragon. I'm just like I'm not I'm not e I'm not even gonna argue with children. Like I don't even argue with people anymore on the internet, dude. Not that yeah. I did it much before, but now when I see that stuff, I pretty much just flat out ignore it. And just let yeah. you know, let the skirmish happen without me actually being in it. Like whatever, y'all want to argue and crap, go ahead. But I'm not getting involved. 
Yeah, I stay out of all that stuff, man. <clears throat> it's just it's you'll, you'll never see me commenting on someone's page with the the hottest topic in the yeah. snake biz right now. Who's complaining about who or whatever? <laughs> it's dumb. It's a waste of time. It's time suck. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely um, better things to be doing than trolling people on the internet. But getting back to Condros. Yeah, yeah, you know how much like I get on tangents all the time, man. It's it's you get I can't. on what all the time, huh? Tangents. You get on, what is it? Tangents I go high into the right. Conversations veer off. Oh, different yeah, directions. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, gotcha. If you listen to THB, it happens a lot. Uh, but with your collection right now, is it sort of evenly split between locality and designer stuff? Yeah, I would say so. Um, I might be. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty much fifty fifty split. I got some pretty nice designer stuff, and I got mm-hmm. some um, like standard locality stuff. Some some captive bread. I, I do have some imports in my collection, um, but not a whole whole lot. You know, like I was saying earlier, you know, I had, was buying up a bunch of green trees when I first got into it, trying to mm-hmm. build up a collection, not really realizing what I was buying even. You know, and. Uh, yeah, I got a handful of imported stuff, but you know, all my stuff's been tested, and I know you saw me treating my snakes or, or not testing. Mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I try to stay on that stuff, and you know, whenever I get, uh, I do get new snakes. I always quarantine and go through the whole the whole thing and the whole protocol, spray mite spraying and checking fecals and try to keep my collection as nice as possible. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, when you hang out with Pia and Cody a lot. Uh, and talk to them a lot like I do, man. You get paranoid about every pathogen possible. Like, I, just setting up the quarantine tubs tonight, I was texting Luke and Brahms because we're in a group conversation. And I was like, y'all, I'm so paranoid about fomites. Like, my phone, like, I'm weird about touching it in between rooms. Like, I have to have a separate paper towel roll in, like, every room mm. for every... <laughs> it's just, it gets out of hand sometimes. But yeah, I'd rather be too cautious than, than not cautious enough. It, it'll come out of nowhere, man. You you won't even see it coming, mm-hmm. and your whole room will be full of mites or something, you know? Yep. Yeah, I've done a pretty good job about that, though. I haven't seen a mite in years, so. Nice. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm at a point now where if it comes in, I pretty much treat it preemptively, whether they have yeah, it or exactly. not. Yeah, exactly. Just treat them anyways. Yeah, I just go for it. There's no, no reason not to. You know, it's not going to hurt them. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's not going to save all. yourself a lot of pain and heartache in two weeks, three Absolutely. weeks. Absolutely. You know, but, uh, man, that's, but that... yeah, I, I have a pretty nice split between, you know, whatever stuff I got. Uh, mm-hmm. I do have some, a couple, uh, John Lucky snakes. I got a couple melanistic, uh, chondros from him. I got a male and a female from him. And, uh, I got some Seth Patrick high yellows that I'm like ecstatic about i can't even believe what these animals are right now when i got them you know as neonates i wasn't really sure what they're gonna look like now and they're Mm -hmm. gonna be a couple of the best high yellow snakes in the country right now not to toot my own horn or anything but i mean there's definitely some really really nice high yellows out there that i see on instagram all the time but um these two i got are really 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 nice looking snakes and actually working on a pairing with one of them with my male right now a, uh, a joint pairing with my buddy um, yeah because i mean with your uh i mean you you don't post a ton of contra pictures on your Instagram. I, I, I really don't i really don't like, i'm I looking at them now these high yellows are nuts 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, yeah. I don't really post a whole lot. I don't even think, to be honest, I've ever posted a picture of the female um, on my Instagram. I may have. There, 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 there probably is one in there somewhere. I, I don't really recall. But I, I don't really know why. I, somebody was asking me about it the other day. They're like, "Why don't you ever post your female up?" And I'm like, eh, "I don't know. I guess I just don't want anybody to know what I got until she's sitting on eggs." Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, you know, that's, like I want to saves... show a picture of her sitting on eggs, and it's just like, boom, where did that come from? You know, saves some of the mystery. Yeah, yeah, you know, my my best kept secret, you know. But um, that male, uh, I named him Rogue. Uh, that's all over my um. Yeah, that's the one I was just yeah. looking at. I'm scrolling through it right now. Yeah, he um, he's I've I've been pairing him. Well, I haven't been pairing him. My buddy's been pairing him. I, I sent him over to my buddy's house to uh for this joint pairing, and um, it's funny he was asking me if I was gonna uh, be talking about this on the show tonight, and I was like, yeah, well, we'll see, maybe, you know, but. <laughs> But yeah, I guess I'm going for it. Here it is. But yeah, he's got this really, really, really nice um, high yellow female. This thing's like 1,800 grams. I think Good she's God. seven, eight, nine years old, something in that ballpark, and she's a virgin. And uh, he acquired her, I want to say, five, six months ago for a pretty decent amount of money. And um, this female is just absolutely insane. And it's undocumented. Nobody knows where it came from. And, uh, it's just this super yellow, huge green tree Python. And he's like, I need your mail. I need your Seth Patrick mail. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yo, let's go for it. And, uh, we, she actually ovulated today. Nice. And, uh, yeah, he was sending me the pictures of the ovulation. I was like geeking out over it. And we're, we're both really, really ecstatic, pretty exciting stuff. I'm, really hoping that uh the high yellow lineage stays true I, I i would like to think it does you know i mean the way these snakes are and you know my male is um he's a, a, a oshy and uh i know he's there's i, I don't see why we're not going to hit a bunch of high yellow yeah shots. i mean given that given that background yeah i'll send you a picture of the pairing I, I like I haven't posted on Instagram or anything or the mm -hmm. ovulation. My buddy's been sending me pictures every day. She's or she's building and getting huge, and he's like, "Yo, look at her today! Look at her today!" You know, and I'm like, <laughs> "Man, you know, I want to post this and show people like what what's in the works." But I didn't want to jinx ourselves myself or anything. Right. You know? But um, and you know, like I said, she's like 1,800 grams. So I'm like, fingers crossed, this female lays freaking 20, 30 eggs or so. Yeah, you know, it'd be absolutely insane. Now, did you that the the neo that I got for you today? Was that Gamora and then that Manaquari male? That's, that's Gamora and Scar. Dude, that I mean, both of them are awesome. But that male, there's just something about that electric blue. Yeah. You get with like Manaquaris and the uh, like the Tamikas and the other stuff like that. Right, right. Just that that blue stripe with the you know the the classic red red neonate with the blue uh, stuff as adults just blows my mind right right they have that like hollow diamond yeah just pattern i love the, just the and, chaos of it though like it's not yeah. necessarily linear it's just everywhere right right he's got a ton of blue spots all running up along the mm -hmm. side of him too though he's got this like one random blue splotch it's like maybe an inch in diameter or it's just like solid blue like right on the side of him and i don't know why i love it so much he'll like perch with that like that little coil poking mm -hmm. right out and I just see that hunk of blue and I'm like, yeah, that's my boy. <laughs> she's a big snake though. The female, she's, she's another, she's 1500, 1700 grams or so. I think last time I put her on the scale, she was 1700. Man. 
And I like yeah. her a lot too because she's a lot more of a deeper green. So the blue is definitely there, but you can see the pattern. You have to just kind of look a little closer. On her, yeah, yeah, you do. If you're not really like, if you just kind of glance at her, right. yeah, you not see the blue. But when you get close, like it's it's there, and there's a lot of it too. Man, those red babies you got from that though, those are gonna be intense. Yeah, I'm really excited to see how those turn out. I remember the first time I saw what is it, 1903. Yeah, I was like, I did a double take. I was like, holy crap. Yeah, and I yeah, know. I was- we talked uh-huh. about it. We talked about another episode at one point. I remember because I told you about it because we were. I was showing yeah. it to Brahms and Luke or whoever it was we had on that episode. I was like, check this thing out. Yeah, yeah. You, when you messaged me, you're like, hey man, just so you know, we were uh, talking yeah. about you. <laughs> we were drooling over this baby you had, dude. I, well, you know, I was geeking out. I was so excited. I was like, no way. The Conjuro cast was talking about me. I was like, what? <laughs> you know, I'm like calling my girlfriend. I'm like, guess you just messaged me. Look at what's on it. <laughs> It's really cool. Yeah, yeah that's it, a cool pairing, it, it though, man. Good to uh, have a little bit of recognition from some of the other Green Tree Python guys out there, you know, because I've been I've been at it for four years now, mm-hmm. and this is like my first successful clutch. And you know, I, I hit my first clutch last year, and it just did not go over very well. That's right. You know, I I remember because I've been following you for a while, and I remember seeing you producing a clutch, and I didn't. Rem- and that's why when I saw you have this clutch, I was like, wait, he had one already. What was yeah. the deal with that one? So that was, it was actually the same pairing. I did a repeat yeah. pairing. And, uh, you know, I honestly wasn't even going to pair Gamora again this year because I was going to put her off. Mm-hmm. And um, my uh, my my buddy uh, Socrates, that's his name, Socrates, who I'm doing this joint pairing with. You should, uh, everyone out there, check out his Instagram. He's got some cool. Uh, yeah, he followed me today, stuff. I think. Yeah, he's got some really cool uh, emerald basins and stuff like that. He's got a really nice green sheet to like. Uh, python collection and he's he's doing it right man he, he's 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 got some really cool stuff over there more than happy to uh be doing a joint pairing with him and uh but what, what was what was i getting at what was that uh about? the repeat pairing last year oh yeah yeah so he was over here hanging out one day and he's checking out my female and he's just like you're gonna pair her again this year right and i'm like nah i wasn't gonna do it and he's like dude look at her man she's ready and i'm like yeah you think so and he's like oh dude definitely I'm like all right you know so I, I i gave her a couple more months and i fed her up you know and temps dropped i put him in there and they were locked up immediately and you know i got several locks over the next couple months and sure enough uh, what was it march march or april she mm-hmm. was dropping eggs again oh it was actually it was uh, april 20th i think it was this, this year mm-hmm. it was on easter whatever easter was she laid eggs on easter it was really funny and so for last year, she just didn't produce anything or she slugged down. Well, or... So, so last year she, um, she actually produced a bigger clutch than she did this year. This year she produced 18 eggs with five slugs. Mm-hmm. Last year she produced 28 eggs with five slugs. Wow. And, um, yeah, so I had 23 perfect little ping pong balls mm-hmm. and, um, it was my first time ever incubating green tree pythons. You know, I had, incubated ball pythons before and you first know, times at, always and i worked at you know i worked at sea serpents and there's plenty of eggs in the incubator there all the time and mm-hmm. you know it's never an issue sitting setting up tubs and getting eggs and hatching eggs and you know i've done it at home on my own with balls plenty of times too and i'm like oh yeah it's the same thing you know no big deal whatever i got this and um it just did not it just did not work and did it crash did, like how far in were you when they when they just when they started going down when you figured out they bit the dust 
24 hours into it, I started seeing oh, wow. some of the I was on the phone with every person I know trying to reach <laughs> out to everybody like, yo, what is going on? Like, what, what am I doing wrong? And, you know, I'm trying to figure out what it is. And everyone's like, oh, well, humidify the chamber. I'm like, it is. My chamber is. And they're like, well, you got to do this. I'm like, oh, well, I did. I did. You know, I'm like, well, and, you know, everyone's trying to tell me this and that. And not one person that I reached out to had recommended I press and seal. And I, I honestly don't know why I didn't think to try press and seal. Mm-hmm. And um, I just didn't. And um, this year, I pretty much mimicked how I incubated the previous year. But I used press and seal this time. So it was just like a seal issue? Like they were getting too dry? Yeah. They weren't getting enough humidity? So, so what I had after... Um, I, I was done with eggs in my incubator when I didn't have any more eggs in my ball python eggs or anything. My, when my incubator was empty, mm-hmm. I went through a trial and error with that thing for a couple months, um, playing with different, uh, tubs and setups with different, um, substrates and different levels of water and different, uh, light grids, you know, the little light yeah. diffuser, just trying, 30 different methods of incubating different tubs, different styles of plastics, different shoebox things, ones with locking lids, ones without locking lids. You know, I, I tried it all. And, um, what I, what I figured out what was going on. So I have a, a sea serpents incubator, obviously mm-hmm. you know, all my stuff is sea serpents. Um, shout out to Chris Nettles over at sea serpents. Um, the way his incubator is set up is it has a false wall in the back and there's a fan up at the top. Yeah. Okay? And so the false wall, there's a heat panel in there. And so the fan sucks in air from the top and blows it down the back of the false okay. wall. Yep. And so there's a circular motion coming, the heat rising up mm-hmm. and going to the back, you know, and circle making us circling around. Right. And so since the air flow is coming from the bottom, I think what was happening was, the, the that little bit of wind pressure in there mm-hmm. was pushing the, the lids up a little bit and getting okay. air in and drawing my tubs out. And it took me like two months to figure out that's what it was after trying all this different stuff. And um, after realizing that's what it was, I had having talked to a bunch of different people, Condra guys about, you know, trials and errors on incubating. And, you know, I got, I got the green tree Python book from Justin. Uh, what's his name? Julander. Uh, yeah, yeah, and Terry Phillips, and mm-hmm. uh, I got the complete contract guide from Maxwell, and you know, this is like my Bibles, and I'm always reading them, and you know, checking up on stuff, and making sure I'm not skipping a beat on anything, and um, yeah, after, you know, after all that, I was like, I kind of had narrowed it down. I was like, this is it, you know. I don't. All I needed was the press and seal to lock in that humidity, and uh, yeah, I went for it this year, and yeah, uh, eleven of the thirteen hatched, and nice. uh, the. The, the two that didn't hatch were under way, way underdeveloped. Mm-hmm. You know, I gave them a couple extra days and I, I cut them open and, uh, they just kind of yeah, gave up halfway through. Yeah. Yeah. Not even halfway through. And so, you know, that's, that's just, that's just the luck of the draw right there. You know, that had nothing to do with my part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, on my end, I, I did a hundred percent and I couldn't be freaking happier, man. That's yeah, so thrilled. And so thrilled. You like you were the... saying, when you saw 1903. Yeah. You should see how what how I was when I saw nineteen oh three. That was you know that was the third head to pip and mm-hmm. um, I'm looking at this red neo and I'm like oh my god I just hatched a red neo <laughs> you yeah. know I'm like really excited about it and uh, 
this the dorsal pattern you know just his head and a little bit of his neck is out and it was just like solid black and mm. now you know it's just like now we're talking shit. yeah yeah you know it was really like holy shit what did i just do you know and so did you do the uh, like the substrateless method like you just did them over water no i went ahead and did um i i, I used um perlite okay I used Paralyte and I used uh, I used the light diffuser grid. Mm-hmm. And what I what I did this time was um, I uh, cut PVC pipes down into like the size of the um, the light diffuser grid, and I stacked two light diffuser grids on top of each other, and then I like zip tied them to the uh, the PVC pipes, kind of like so they're like little pontoon boats. Yeah, you know, and I just put those right on top of. Uh, Pretty, pretty heavily uh, soaked mm-hmm. um, perlite, and um, I'm thinking that that little bit of extra room in there helps with a little bit more airflow when yeah. they're not like and sitting you, right on the bottom. Did you have them just sitting on the light diffuser, or were they in like deli cups? I did. I put them right on the light diffuser. Okay. I've seen different people playing with different things where they'll put them on um, like the little plastic lids and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But when you're doing that, you have to you have to open the tub all the time and wipe the humidity right. off that thing. And that, that just bothers me. I, I opened that tub twice and it was to burp it mm-hmm. and to wipe the humidity off the top of the, um, the press and seal. I did it twice, one on day 30 and another on day 45. And that was it. That was the only time I opened the tub. I, I had the little holes drilled in the side for um, mm-hmm. ventilation with like the tape. I had it taped over. I never opened up one of those one time. I just burped it twice, day 30, day 45. And yeah, I think it was day 56, everything dipped. Okay. Yeah, I mean, everyone, for anyone listening, like, you're going to hear me ask about incubation a lot from, you know, the next however many episodes until I produce again, because that's the one thing I'm going to be changing the most when I pair next. That um, is, oh, well, that's the biggest, that's the hardest part about yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. That's the hardest part about the whole thing, and unfortunately, it's the part when the human comes into play. Yeah, and I'm that's why I'm gonna have like an ask questions about incubation. Um, so yeah. you had perlite, and then you had light diffuser, PVC, and then light diffuser again. No, it was um, it was two two light diffusers stacked just so it was a little bit thicker. Oh, okay, okay, okay. You I know what you. I mean. Yep, yep. And then I had on the bottom of it just two little yeah, um, like half inch, like little like little rafts, you know, mm-hmm. like a little pontoon boat. So it was just kind of up off the perlite for mm-hmm. like an inch, you know, just so I felt like if, if I had a little bit more circulation in there, it was going to yeah. be a little bit better. And, uh, it, it was, it was, you know, it was, I was successful with it. So I'm definitely going to mimic that, um, mm-hmm. exact method every single time for the rest of my life now. And what were you incubating them at? Just the standard 87 and a half. So I had my incubator, um, set at 87. Yeah. Um, I had uh, different, I must add, four or five probes all throughout my incubator in every single tub on each level of my incubator, one outside of the incubator, and these things were all over the place. Let me tell you, man, it was stressing me out Mm -hmm. so much. It was stressing me out so much. I couldn't, I was, one of them said it was 100 degrees in one tub, and the other one said it was um like 90 and another says it's 86 and i'm like what is what going the hell? on and, you know i'm like what is going on and once again i'm reaching out to uh what's his name uh Pat- patrick combs mm-hmm. i'm talking to patrick and he's he's an, definitely an awesome guy if uh 
you know, shout out to him for sure. He's, he's been helping me out for even last year too. On my first clutch, when he saw that I was getting eggs, he reached out to me and just, Hey man, you know, like if you need any help, anything, you know, I, I've, I've been following you and I see it's your first time and, you know, I'm more than happy to help with any questions you got. Just reach out to me. And I've been trying to talk to him a little bit here and there over the past couple of years. And, um, yeah, he's been helping me out. And, uh, I, I messaged him and I'm like, dude, what do I do about these probes, man? I'm like, they're all over the place. And he's like, well, where'd you get them from? I was like, oh, they were like $6 a piece off the Amazon. He's like, well, that's why they, they that's why yeah, they're all over None of them the are place. calibrated. He's like, there was, yeah, he's like, there's $6 <laughs> a piece from Amazon, man. Yeah. He's like, come on. So, um, I just kind of, you know, I was trial and, <laughs> trial and erring my probes now, playing with my probes, putting them in different places, and I kind of just figured out which probes were actually uh, calibrated and dialed in properly, mm-hmm. and I just went with what those two said, and um, yeah, I was I was at a steady like 86.74, actually, okay. and so I was a little bit under 87, mm-hmm. and in my head, I was like, I'm better off being a little under than a little over. Definitely. I'd so agree with that. I, I, you know, I'll be okay with them taking an extra two days to mm-hmm. cook versus me overcooking them. So, and it, you know, it, it worked out, you know, I think, like I said, they, I think it was like 56 or seven day 56 or seven they picked. And, um, yeah, you know, it's right on, right on time. And so did you keep them sealed up with press and seal the entire time? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The whole, the whole incubation, like I said, I, I, I burped the tub twice you know so on day 30 i pulled it out i um opened it up and was super quick about it and tried not to let too much heat and humidity transfer in and out and whatever Mm -hmm. and just wiped all the condensation off the inside of the lid that way it wasn't dripping on the eggs you know and put them back in and you know by by that time they're you know they're they're breathing a lot more and there's a lot more humidity and oxygen exchange going on and the humidity seems to build up a lot faster so the wipe days and you know from there that was it you know i just i just burped it twice so what size uh what size box were you using because i used just a standard six quart but i think i want to go with something a little bigger with a little more space in it next time so um last year i was using that standard six quart sterilite shoe box mm-hmm. um this this year i was that like i was saying i was kind of playing with um different tubs and stuff last year after I botched my incubation. And uh, so actually I want to get back into that, uh, what happened last year, but um, yeah. yeah, So I, uh, I just, this year I used um, locking lids. That was the only thing different Mm -hmm. I went with. I used locking lids, but I still press and sealed anyways, just because, and um, I think honestly with the press and seal, I probably could have went with the, the standard six quart. But the um the tubs I press and sealed I think are twelve I they're twelve quarts so they're a little bit bigger and um I think they were the twelve quart ones I don't remember I forget what size but they're they are a little bit bigger and um you know there was a little bit more space in there and like I was able to pick them up off the perlite a little bit higher yeah. and I, I think that that little bit of um circulation from underneath the eggs too is pretty important. Yeah, I, th- I think it is too because I didn't have mine sitting just over the water on the on yeah. the uh, on the light diffuser. I had them in a cup on the light diffuser with no lid. Okay, and I think that I think that played a part in it. You know, they weren't getting it was circulation basically coming in from the top, but there wasn't really anything coming in from underneath. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Like I said, it's going to be one of those things where I'm constantly searching to figure out how I can get it. Yeah, you know, I, you done know right. I don't. 
there's there's definitely a wrong way to do it, mm-hmm. but I don't think there's necessarily a right way to do it yet. Yeah. Everyone seems to kind of have their own little method and, mm-hmm. you know, um, what I, what I pretty much tried doing was taking a little piece of whatever one's advice and kind of making my own thing out of it, you right. know, and it, and it was successful. I'm, I couldn't be happier. You know, it's really cool. I was able to kind of do my own thing and make it work for me. And I do think later term in incubation, like having a little more airspace just with a bigger uh, box in the first place yeah, kind of does make a difference. Cause I think when you, I've noticed it with just some of my vivariums where I have some of my ran my, my thumbnail darts, like the smaller exoterras. Right. Right. When you pack those things with plants, I don't think there's enough air to kind of go around to all the plants. And so some of them just start dying off. Cause uh, there's just not enough resource for all of them, you know? Yeah. And so I think there's a similar thing that kind of happens in an incubator in that sense. You know, once they get to, like I said, that later term where they're, they're respirating a lot more, they're, you know, they're giving off a lot more heat. There's a lot more going on energy yeah. wise. I think if you have more air, you know, more, more empty space in a box, basically, you know, there, there is some sort of benefit to that, but that's Agreed. just, I mean, that's just a theory. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree with you. <clears throat> uh, did you keep your actual main chamber humid? Oh, my phone's going off. My girl texting me. Sorry. You're good. Oh, um, so sorry. Say that again. So your like your main chamber, did you have something in there to keep the main chamber humid? Yeah, yeah. So I went ahead and I pulled out the bottom shelf in there and I just uh, put a couple uh, of the same shoebox Stalite tubs in there and I just mm-hmm. filled them up with water and I just stuck them in the bottom and fogged my whole thing out. Yeah. And um, it did, for whatever reason, it just didn't really seem to work. And I was so scared I was going to break my incubator because it yeah, was so... Yeah, that's a lot of humidity. It was so humid and I'm just looking at it and I'm like, man, this is going to short circuit something Mm -hmm. somewhere. And it didn't, you know, it held strong and I was really surprised, but, uh, yeah, I I don't know, man, my tubs just dried out and I couldn't figure out what was going on. And Mm -hmm. all I could do is sit there and look and watch them die. You know, every single day I'm going in, I'm looking at these eggs dimpling in on day three and stuff. And I'm like, what's going on here? This isn't supposed to happen, you know? like I said, I'm on the phone with everybody trying to ask all these different people and figure out what it is. And yeah. So, I mean, out of those 23 eggs I had, only two of them ended up hatching. Oh, okay. And I think those two that did hatch, man, I, I honestly, I think it was a fluke. You know, <laughs> it's supposed to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it was a fluke just because I mean, 22 other snakes didn't hatch, you know, I was like, mm-hmm. it's not that I was doing something right and something went wrong i was just straight doing something wrong you know and uh i was i was surprised the two the two did hatch because i'm looking at them and i'm like man if i lost 22 eggs just now due to humidity like how did these two end up making it right you know like you know what like what what the heck happened here you know <laughs> why are you but, here <laughs> yeah i was really confused and so those two snakes that i did end up hatching um were just tiny itty bitty um little neonates and they just weren't very strong and they just refused refused to refuse to eat on their own mm-hmm. and you know this is my first year with them and i'm like man like you know i know it's hard to get these things to eat but i'm like man i didn't realize it was this hard you know like i haven't all my green tree pythons are ferocious yep. eaters you know, I'm like, why aren't these things eating? Like, you know, me and my girlfriend are looking at each other. Like, how do these things live in the wild? You know, like, yeah. how, you know, like, how do they survive? Like, but, um, yeah, they just refuse, refuse to eat. So I was playing with, uh, some different methods of trying to force feed and stuff. Cause 
you know, I don't want to lose these two snakes. And, you know, I know a lot of people out there are like, oh, well, force feeding stresses them out. Well, you know what, man? Screw you. Just killing my snakes Save stresses me out. Beating so, the hell out of them with a pinky for an hour every night doesn't stress them out, you know, yeah, any yeah. less than just 30 seconds of forcing the tail down their throat. Sorry. Yeah. I'm like, I don't, you know, <laughs> I'd rather force feed it than it died. So, um, I was terrified to force feed these little mm-hmm. videos, man. I was terrified to do it. These things are... I was a little gun-shy at first. Paper. Now now I'm just like, get your ass over here. You're getting a tail. Yeah. You know? Well, it's so funny. So I, made, I made my girlfriend do it because, you know, she's, she's <laughs> tiny. She's like five foot tall and she's this little delicate girl and she's got little hands. So I'm like, baby, you got to do it. I'm like, I'm going to crush this thing <laughs> if I do it. You know, I'm going to just crush it. And so... She's got I the finesse. do it. She was a little freaked out by it too because they were just so small man mm-hmm. and um you know i'll say that all the babies i hatched this year were uh, i don't want to say all twice as big but they were like 50 percent bigger they like yeah. you could just see it in them they were bigger and healthier and you know they were supposed to hatch you know this one's last year i don't know what the heck happened but um yeah so patrick you know back to patrick again he um he's reaching out to me you know sending me all these links to these force feeding things giving me tips on force feeding and um, we ended up going with this method where you uh, you thigh uh, a mouse, mm-hmm. right? You just cut off its leg, yep. a frozen, you know, cut off a frozen mouse's leg, cut them at the knee, skin skin the thigh, and just force feed the thigh. That way, there's like bone. And yeah, there's actually and something there, and you know, some, some some stuff going in there. And um, I had fed. I think we had fed force fed them both three times each and I fed them like I forget what day of the week it was you know whatever let's just call it a Monday you know I fed mm-hmm. them on Monday and the next day Tuesday I went in there to like check on everything and both of them well that's a lie one of them was dead <laughs> one of them was dead the next day on on like the on Tuesday and then the following day after that I went there and the other one was dead yeah. and I was just like god damn it man like what you know what is going on with these things you know like i've been forced you know for i guess i was just maybe too much stress on them and they're you know they're like yeah. i said they were just a little bit small and unhealthy they i don't think they were supposed to hatch right i mean my my opinion is if it's meant to be it will be yeah you know it's just you know, i you're just with those condors are really good at repeated nut shots all the time and at, yeah, at some point you just said it condors are really good at, at giving you nut shots all the time Oh yeah, yeah, constant kicking the balls, and it's just whatever. You just roll with them at one point. You know, you walk in, you know, your prized female's dead, and you have no idea why. It's like, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Let's find out why. Move on. You know, it's just crap, man. But yeah, uh, I was struggling. So this year, you know, I have all these these mm -hmm. snakes. I'm super excited about it, and I'm trying to feed them and. You know, there's not one to eat. I'm just like, man, it's better not happen again this year. <laughs> you know, like it's got to be <laughs> getting Vietnam flashbacks. Yeah, I was like, yeah. it's got to be different this year. And uh, it, it took a couple of weeks to get them all fed and going, but now, except I will say, number three, 1903, like my that first holdback, mm-hmm. he's the only one who's still giving me a hard time feeding. But uh, everything else is. I'm just doing straight unscented now. I'm not even doing the chick down or anything like that. Just straight unscented pinkies. They're hitting them just as fast as the rest of my. Dude, it's hard to believe. Like they're like a different animal after that point. Like it's it's insane because mine are the same way. Yeah, I opened up the tub and they're coming out swinging. Yeah, dude. Yeah, 
It's like I don't know what it is about that little that switch in their their little ass brains that that flips. But man, when those things get going, you know they're they're rock solid after after that. Yeah, yeah, they really are. You know, I was like a little hesitant to uh, you know start posting any of them for sale because you know I'm only at like meal nine right now. And, mm-hmm. You know, some other guys are like, no, you want to wait till like fifteen or sixteen, and I'm like, yeah, for sure. You know, I get that, but mm-hmm. you know, I'm like this thing hasn't hasn't skipped a week in the past six weeks and you know it's not even hesitating like i don't think it's going to be a problem to for anyone to feed this thing you know that's why i told you when you're like do you want me to wait and give it more meals yeah yeah. we both know what we're doing we got it (laughs) yeah it's cool yeah we got it yeah we've both been through the ringer on those right right i've got a i've got freezer full of chicks now so i'm good nice I feel Dude, like... I'll, I'll tell you, I love the quail, uh, the, well, not, um, I almost said quail, not quail, the parakeet. Yeah, did that, did you try it? I did, man. I listened to your guys. Okay, so you had messaged me about, you're like, hey, you know, come, you know, I, I we're talking about your snake on the chondro cast. Mm-hmm. And I was all excited about it, so I made sure I listened to it, and, you know, I listened to the whole thing, and, uh, yeah, I think it was on that episode you guys yeah, talked Yeah, because David was with me on that one. Down. It was David, yeah. and, uh, I think it was David and Mark that night. Yeah. I forget. Mark is uh, the dude from uh, was it Texas Condors? Yeah, Mark Hager. Right. Nice. Yeah, I went and tried it the next day. I went walked right into PetSmart and uh, yeah, I was you know I was a little, a little weirded out by asking it. You know, I was like not really sure what kind of response I was going to get. And you know, if they told me no, I was going to say okay, well I'll buy one then. Yeah, just give me a parakeet. What's it for? It doesn't matter. It, exactly. <laughs> and I was a little scared where it was going to go from that. And you know, I I have. <laughs> I had zero intention of feeding a live parakeet yeah. to any of my snakes, but you know, that's what some people may have thought mm-hmm. was my intention. And, um, you know, I will be honest on here. I had no intention of keeping it as a pet though. So, you know, I wasn't going to feed it to anything, but I wasn't going to keep it as a pet. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'll just leave it at that. But, um, you know, I needed the feathers, you know, my, <laughs> It's a twenty dollars nineteen ninety nine parakeet. Yeah. It's like who cares, you know, whatever. And you know, my snakes are way more important. And uh, you know, I wanted to try that trick. I mean, yeah, I walked in there and I asked for the parakeet down, and they looked at me like I was crazy. And I was like, uh, yeah, I just kind of need it though. And the yeah. guy's like, I'll clean the cage for you, basically, dude. Just give yeah, me the bag. The, yeah. Yeah, I told him I was like, if you want, I'll, I'll get it, you know. And he's like, no, you can't really come back here, or whatever. And I'm like, all right, cool, you know. He's like, it's it's okay, man. I'll get it for you. And I'm. I was super excited. He, he, he hit like seven or eight cages for me. <laughs> I was sitting there watching him. He's going from cage to cage. And I'm like, yeah, this guy's a champion right now. That was I so frustrating for me. Cause every, huh? like, that was so frustrating for me. Cause everyone was like, after that, you know, after David had, or whoever it was that originally did a post about it, everyone was going to Petco and PetSmart and getting their parakeet feathers. And I went to oh, mine yeah, like three cool. times in like a week or two weeks. And the cage was flawlessly clean every time. I'm like, y'all must be really bored because you guys clean this cage like the moment a feather hits the ground. I was like, what the hell? um, Yeah, the kid was cool about it. He actually even said, um, I forget what day of the week that was. I want to say it was was Sunday maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, He was like, you came on the perfect day though because tomorrow is cleaning day. And I was like, oh, awesome. You know? Now I know. And, uh. He was cool about it. I felt I felt bad for making him do it. I gave him I threw him five bucks. So I was like, thanks. And he's like, no, you don't got to. I'm like, dude, get out of here, man. You, you know, whatever. It's five bucks. Just take it. You know. I'm gonna slip you this Abe Lincoln, and you're yeah. gonna give me the feathers. Yeah. Here's my my this, buddy Abraham. Will my buddy Abe sweeten the deal? Yeah. He never tells a lie. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, uh, with what you have now, you you currently, from what I can tell, you keep yours on pretty standard, simple setups. You don't do yeah, anything I do. Natural. I, I don't get too crazy with it. I I honestly, I would really like to. Um, I do. I I do want to get like the cube setups that everyone's always mm-hmm. got. Those are they just uh, like um, they're just so visually appealing. You know that you get to see your snake person there. Let me get night. some of those Terra orbs, man. Yeah. Which one? The Terra orbs. Do you go by the Terra oh, orb booth at Daytona? Cool the all glass. They're like all glass all the way around. Or plastic. Yeah. I guess, yeah. Plastic. Those are cool. I saw some of those at the show yeah. uh, in Daytona. They had some. The way they set those up are really nice too. You know, it's mm-hmm. like really, um, like a really nice terrarium. You know, they put all the plant life and stuff in there and make it look all nice. You know, you can Most put like a you can put a heat up. panel in those. Can you really? Yes. That's like the biggest thing for me because that's pretty much oh. all I use now for green trees right, right. that aren't you know in a rack. And right. Brett and uh, Brett and Mike I've had on THP like twice, so I got to hang out with them at Daytona too, and I was talking to them and they're uh, they're really nice guys, man. They're doing really cool stuff. Terra Orbs awesome. Nice. I, I really urge everyone to go check them out on Facebook. What's and his name? It's Mike uh, Mike Capadice and Brett Moore. Hmm. But the company's Terra Orb. We've, like I said, we did an episode with them on THP beginning of the year, I think. Uh, okay. Really cool, just original cages. Nice alternative if you want a good display. Yeah. No, they look, the display they look cages really sharp. are nice, man. <laughs> yeah, I just keep all mine in, um, in Sea Serpent racks. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't. He doesn't really. Chris doesn't keep it on his website anywhere because people will always message me. They're like, "Hey, where'd you get those arboreal racks from?" And um. You know they're not on his website, but if you message him and ask, he will make them for you. He, he, you know, he will do it. I have um, I have two different sizes of boreal racks from him. I, I have like um, I forget the the quart size on the tubs. They're they're pretty big though. Uh, I, I keep like my adults in them, and I'm sorry, I actually have three different sizes of boreal racks from him. I have like a like a neo size, a sub adult, and then like an adult one. Um, and how many does the adult one hold? Is it like six? I have. I have a six tub and a two tub of the big okay. adult. So it's, it must be like sort of like the Cambro racks, similar size on the tubs. Maybe I'm like not the, really the sure. The Cambro they're, tubs, they're, they're like, like the big deep tubs. Yeah. Um. Honestly, you know, I see on uh like Forrest's story, like how he keeps his Condros mm-hmm. like in those tubs. I swear they're like the same ones, man. Okay. I think they're I, the same I have size. A, yeah, I think I have an idea of how big you're talking about. That sounds about yeah. right. Yeah, and they, they're in a rack, and they slide in and out. You know, there's there's heat on the back, and I, mm-hmm. I do, um, you know, it's more long than it is deep, so they have the, uh, the horizontal perch space, and they can uh, thermoregulate from back to front, you know. And uh, I keep them, like, in the mid to low 80s. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, um, yeah, all my snakes seem to thrive in there. You know, they all shed out great. I have a couple snakes that I keep in, um, a couple conjures I keep in exoterras. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, <clears throat> They just don't shed as clean, and they just, you know, they're, they're, it's just it's just not as good. Yeah. I, I definitely recommend keeping in some kind of plastic. You just cannot hold the humidity properly in those exoterras. Like, you got to go above, above and beyond with it. And I've had them where I've got the, uh, the humidifier, the fog machine pumping fog in there all day mm-hmm. long, too. And it's just like the second that fog machine goes off, it's bone dry. And yep. You know, it's just kind of a waste I mean, of time. The only, I think the only way you can really keep humidity trapped in there is if you pretty much cut out all ventilation. Because I keep dart frogs in those, and I have glass tops. And, I mean, even then, sometimes they, I do let them kind of dry out, and they, they will over a day or so. Right. You know, so unless you're completely cutting off pretty much any air, air circulation going into those things, it's going to be a struggle. 
Yeah. But yeah, I, I do like the big, uh, the big, um, forget what they're called, man. Just the, the cube setups or whatever, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, the sliding glass doors and, you know, you see right in there. I've been meaning to kind of try to get into getting some of those. They're just kind of expensive. Get the even Python portals, with, man. Even being friends with Chris, they're still expensive. Get the Python portals from Brahms. Yeah, he does. He has a good price on them. Yeah, I think I did. A, I crunched the numbers on my two. I have a 200 quart tub that one of my uh, small male Beox is in. And after like everything, like front to back, heat, thermostat, glass, frame, tub, uh, heat panel, it came out to be like 200 bucks. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, at all. and I mean, I was that's, gonna say that heat panels were where they get you. I mean, yeah, heat expensive. Yep, and I, that's a two hundred quart tub. So I mean, that males he's gonna be pretty much good for life. He's not gonna need anything bigger than that. Yeah, because two hundred quarts, I think, ends up. I did the math; it comes out to be in like fifty or fifty-five gallons. That's big. Yeah, that's, yeah, it's that's a big tub. So, yeah, I'm hooked on those Python portals, man. I need to order more from Brom soon. I need to hit well, him up. Send me the link, man. Definitely. Send me the link. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to check that out. Because um, I guess recently uh, Chris over at Sea Serpents has got uh, some green tree pythons. I forget where he got them from. Mm-hmm. Um, he was telling me I was over there not too long ago, and he was all excited to show me because obviously he he knows I'm all <laughs> the green trees. And so oh, look what I got, and he he got a bunch of the person who sold them all to him sold them all the cubes too, and he's like, I'm just gonna remake all new arboreal stuff for these guys so if you want these old ones let me know and i'm like dude you already know i want these yeah. man I, I do, <laughs> do you even them. have to ask you know and i yeah. i lot when i was in daytona i was hanging out with him for a minute i asked him about it i was like hey so what's up with those you know and he's just been like i'm so busy i haven't even built the cages for my own yet so maybe i just might bug him to have him build, custom build me my own yeah, it sounds like he's a busy guy, man. It sounds he like... keeps busy, man. He, uh, I'll give him, man, that he, uh, he picked the right side of the industry to be on, man. Mm-hmm. The building the rocks, you know, that's just never gonna end, you know. Yep, it's always gonna be in the band. Yeah, and there's not a lot of people out there doing it, and um, he, he has really good quality for what it's worth. You know, he mm-hmm. does have good quality, and it's not terribly priced. Um, most of it's pretty fair. You know, seven hundred bucks for a, like a ten tub. Uh, ball python adult ball python mm-hmm. rack you know that's pretty that's pretty decent price man i, I that's what, for me at least you know i've been i've looked at his e- incubators before and i know jake is planning on getting one from him eventually i built mine yeah. and i i, I still I like it a lot, i'm sometimes tempted to be like you know what next like two chondras i sell i'm gonna invest in one of these incubators yeah well it's so funny with the incubators man I, i've you know, these people are breeding these really nice expensive snakes and they stick these eggs in these homemade incubators and it's like it's like, man, you're dishing out all this money for these high-end animals. Right, it's kind shit, of a pretty big know? roll of the dice for, for yeah, something like that. You know, yeah, it really is. And, you know, I mean, I guess if you are know what you're doing and, mm-hmm. you know, it's one thing. But me, well, you know, somebody was good. Are you going to build your own incubator? I'm like, hell no, I'm not going to do my own <laughs> You know, I have zero intention of doing that. I'm just going to hand somebody money and have them put, <laughs> give me one, mm-hmm. you know. I don't want it. I don't want any trial and error. I want a product that I know has worked a million times before and it's going to work a million times again. And did you have to do anything with yours as far as dialing it in or like nope. when you first got it, you'd pretty much just hooked it up to the, the stack. Yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. I set the probe up right and just, you know, I hung it in the middle of the incubator mm-hmm. and, uh, 
that's pretty much it. You know, like I said, I, I, it wouldn't be a terrible idea to um, throw a couple of probes in there and kind of different spots yeah. in the incubator and make sure everything's kind of the same and even make sure your probes are all dialed in right because that, that can definitely mess with you. It mess with me a whole lot, you know. But, um, yeah, man, I had no, no problems with the incubator at all. It's pretty, it's pretty accurate, you know, especially depending on what thermostat you go with. You know, mm-hmm. I know some of the, um, what is it, like the herpostats can, you can dial yeah. it into like, uh, a decimal point yep. on the temperature with the, the, which one do I have? The vivariums. Yeah. the VEs. You can't really dial it into the temp, uh, to the, to a decimal point, mm-hmm. but you know, like I said, I threw it at 87. I let it, I let it come to temp even before I put eggs in there. You know, I, I had it already to temp with, yeah, with awesome. tubs in there with probes in the tubs, making sure everything was right where it needed to be before mm-hmm. the eggs ever even came out. And, um, yeah, man, it was all dialed in, you know, my incubator said 87 and inside my tub was like, like, 86.74 you know mm-hmm. it was like just under and i was i was perfectly content with it <clears throat> yeah it's we just got in because i work at a cigar shop so we get a lot of people who are getting humidors together which temperature and humidity are the main things that matter with that right and uh we just got in these new they're called uh it's a Baveda butler and it's this little bluetooth device you put in your humidor that gives you a reading and like even maps out over the course of, I guess a 24 hour period or however long the temperature and humidity in your humidor. Right. I've seen those. Yeah. They're like 30 bucks. So I'm actually tempted to get one from work and start playing with it and putting it in some dart frog tanks and seeing what it really That actually sounds um, a little bit more affordable too than it is. Yeah. And I'm the app is free. Um, I'm, I'm very tempted to try it out. I don't know. I do worry about there being too much humidity and it shorting kind of like we talked about with the incubator. Right. But uh, I don't know, man. For thirty bucks, I mean, can't can't really afford not to give it a shot at least, because then I don't even yeah. have to open the incubator. You know, you don't have to open right, anything. Right, you right. can just hook up your phone, like connect to it, check it, and even then, you can leave it in there for twenty four hours, see how it reads, see what, what the, you know, the the history is looking like, and then take it out. It doesn't have to be in there full time. But yeah. I'm really anxious to try it out and see see how it works, because it's so you're like I sit said, that way in the eight box. Probably. Nice. As long as the Bluetooth can reach it, I don't see why not. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, 30 bucks isn't bad. You, you don't need, like, a whole um, router thing for it or whatever. No, it comes it's, with a little calibration kit. It's like a whole router that you have to set up for it. No, no, no. It's Bluetooth. I think it runs off batteries maybe, which is right. another thing that I wouldn't want to leave it in there full time, you know. Put That's it in it. for an overnight, get your reading, pull it out, you know. Keep keep track of it as you go. Yeah. Nothing you want to leave in there all the time. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's Nothing tiny. It's like, there. I don't know, it's probably about the same size as a chondro egg. It's flatter. Yeah. But it's, I don't know, two or three inches long by, I don't know, two inches wide or so. I don't know. I'll, I'll have to post a link to them on the, on the TCC page at some point. Once I give them a shot, I'll try one out. Yeah. Uh, as far as uh, breeding or feeding your stuff, uh, how do you, what kind of feeding schedules are your all your green cheese on? My babies right now. I, the first couple of weeks they were a little bit scattered just because you know I was just trying to get them to eat. Survive. But now that I have them eating, um, the first couple of weeks I like I kind of spaced it out like about ten to fourteen days before I fed again. But now I got them going every seven days. Awesome. And um, yeah, there no one's no one's missing a meal except for uh, number three. Number three is the only one that's giving me a hard time still, 
and um, I uh, I did the whole pinky head trick with him mm-hmm. to get him to eat, and that was uh, the first meal he took on his own. Actually, no, that's a lie. The first meal I gave him was um, was force fed. We I had to force feed the pinky head on number three, and um, <clears throat> that was like week four. And uh, maybe like, yeah, I was going on like day 30 or so before he had, uh, uh, maybe it wasn't day 30, maybe it was closer to like 20, day 20, day 21, maybe it was like week three. Um, Yeah, he he did the pinky head and then he uh, refused a couple more meals after that. And then I got him to take a pink head on his own. And what was it? The two nights before day two, two weeks ago, um, I got him to eat a whole pinky on his own. And I was just like, thrilled. <laughs> You'll live. That, yeah, I was yeah. just thrilled when that thing hit and wrapped that whole pinky. Because he was just hitting everything. He, he's got no problem striking at anything. You know, he's definitely biting crap. But the second it's in his mouth, he's just flinging it right out. And, uh, yeah, he hit and wrapped that pinky. And it was so hard not to, like, jump up and down in excitement. You know, it's like, like I did one of those – uh was it like in Big Daddy? You remember Big Daddy on his feathers? Like, yes! Yeah. <laughs> and the little kid's sleeping. He's, like, Shit, he's trying to be quiet. It was like that moment, you know? It was like, oh, I can't, you know, I can't disturb him, but, uh, you know, I like still threw my arms up in excitement. I think I was more thrilled to get my babies going than I was to walk across the stage and get my diploma. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even kidding, man. Like that feeling, like there was nothing there. I had more feeling of accomplishment getting these baby conjures to eat than I did graduating high school. That's that's freaking amazing. I don't I don't doubt it, man. It's <laughs> it's like it's definitely a very surreal thing, you know, and it's uh my classmates know, it's, can it's, suck it. It's it's crazy, man. You know, it's you know, like four years ago it's like, oh man, I want to breed green tree pythons and it's like I here I am now actually doing it and you know, it's still like it's awesome, dude. It's it's just, blessed over here man feeling really good you know yeah it's you know it's getting the eggs is easy breeding them's easy it's getting the babies that's the hard part and when you get you know feeling there's such a feeling of relief just overall when i finally got them all eaten it's like man like you you know you got it you're you're more or less out of the woods i don't want to say you're completely out of the woods but you're in the clear for the most part getting them going it's like right there's definitely a whole technique too yeah you're not. You're just not putting a pinky in its face. There's like a whole technique that you gotta. It's like all in the wrist and, and the fingertips, man. It's like freaking American Ninja Warrior, dude. Yeah. You get to the top, and it's like I'm freaking made it. It's been nine months in the making, but I did it. You know, yeah. from from yeah. nothing to babies, and babies that are eating and thriving. It's like holy crap, and then you look back, yeah. and it's like where'd the freaking time go? You know, it feels like it was just yesterday that I was pairing mine up for the first time and being like, "Oh, I hope I get a lock." And now it's like I got a rack full of babies, and they're all eaten, and you know, yeah. and now it's like I get to kind of enjoy them and not right, stress right. so much. And then next time it's going to be even easier because I already have an idea of what to expect with most of it, and it's just it's all downhill from here, man. It's that first yeah, that first time really breeding them, man. You get to that peak, and then it's just it's a stressful peak. Because the roller coaster no, doesn't it, work, it, and you're like pulling it yourself. And there's ten people yeah. in it, and yeah, it's it, just you know, it, I've seen, I've, it, it, I feel, I've always felt so far away from where my goals were at, and um, you know, like every little step I make, everything I'm doing, it's you know, it's always some striding towards my goal, and um, 
it, it always seems so far away and uh it no matter what it, it's still just like i feel like i was there and it's just still that far away you know it's just yeah it's, yeah it's it a never, weird thing. you're never done yeah I feel, I feel that way too you know it's like i got the first batch going it's like cool i'm ready for the second like i'm anxious to pair again i'm ready to do it again ready to do it better right right you know, i'm ready to yeah, get down know, building this collection for years and years and years and like yeah. you know, i'm always feeling so far away so far away and i'm getting more snakes more snakes and i still still feel so far away i'm like man you know i gotta raise these snakes up for years before i can even work with them and you know like the years have gone by now and now i actually have these snakes that i can work with and it's a really good feeling man to put in the time Absolutely. It's a really good feeling to put in the time for sure. I'm excited for what's coming up next, man. This, yeah, uh, like that's like, that's the thing. It's so strange because, you know, you have the babies that change and you have no idea how they're going to turn out. And so it's like with Conjures, it's sort of the same thing. Like you have no idea where you're going to be in five years. Right. You know, you have no idea what you're going to end up with. You have no idea what your animal's going to look like. Like you don't, it's not like ball pythons or corns or any of those other things that are fairly predictable genetically. You know, yeah, green trees, it's like those. tomorrow everything could come crashing down or a year from now I could have double E animals and everything I dreamed of. Right. It's exciting. No, it's cool stuff, man. The future's the future's green, man. Yeah. <laughs> and yellow. <laughs> yeah. And yellow. I'm super excited about this high yellow thing I got going on right now. I would it's... be too. It's going to be epic, man. It's going to be really, really cool stuff. I'm really, really, really excited about it. I couldn't believe that snake ovulated today when my when my buddy Socrates sent me the the video of her all stretched out and drooping down with this football in her stomach. I'm just <laughs> like, yes. Yep. <laughs> you know, it's happening. Yeah, yeah. I, well, that's exactly what I said. I was like, man, this just got really real. You know, he's sending me the videos of them locked in stuff. And I'm like, okay, cool. Hell yeah, they're pairing up. You know, my nail's <laughs> doing work. I'm like, okay, cool. But now she ovulated and it's just got, it got really real. Yeah, man. I love it. Yeah. No, it's fun stuff. Yeah, hopefully I have some uh, some cool conjurer stuff to come out in the near future, man. You know, I got some, some cool designer stuff that's getting pretty big now that I can start working with. And I got a... Uh, this nice uh, James Updahl female uh, the other year. I don't think that one will be ready for another year or two, but mm -hmm. she's like, she's not a calico line, but she's got this really cool calico look to her. Yeah. You know, that like speckled right. uh, yellow and right. green and a little bit of uh, like touches of black here and there. And um, I forget the exact pairing on that snake. I'd have to go look at it, but uh it, it, yeah, it's just awesome. I, I can't wait to get that thing, Darren. And same thing with my like my my uh, high yellow female. I'm gonna have to post a picture of that thing and just try mm -hmm. to show it off a little bit. I would. Um, I mean, come on, just at least one picture, a little little taste. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm gonna have to. Uh, well, you know, it's I, you know, I don't get a lot of hits on my page. You know, it doesn't really seem like a whole lot of people are really caring about what I'm doing. But hopefully, I'm gonna start making some noise here in a little bit. It's the power of the hashtags. I will tell you that. Yeah, well, I mean, I try to, you know, I have like a whole little list of hashtags that I use. I just copy and paste every single time. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's doing the same ones or hurt me or not, but um, I feel like I got some pretty cool stuff going on. I'm surprised uh, I don't have a little bit more um, followers on my page. But, it's all, you know, also I don't post a whole lot, so that could be my own, my own downfall. I'm not out there blowing up my my stuff you know i see you guys mm -hmm. out there and they got thirty thousand followers and they they hit their first clutch 
this week and it was like holy shit like where where did, <laughs> where did this come from you paid know? for yeah 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 that's another thing paid for yeah i, I refuse to i well i worked in marketing for for about two years and so i can look at someone's instagram and tell when they've paid for followers yeah, yeah, you know, I refuse the, to, do, to do that. When the engagement on some of your most recent posts doesn't seem to match what your follow, what your you know your your following says you have, right. something's off. Yeah, it's pretty easy to tell. Yeah. Uh, so hey, you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and post some of the, nah, my female for you. I, I I just don't know what I'm gonna pair to her. You know, a lot of people have been like, oh, you can do sim to sim with that other high yellow because my both those high yellows are from the same clutch. I got lucky enough to get a male and a female when I got them as Neos. And, um, yeah, you know, people are like, oh, you should do Sid to Sid. It would be awesome. I'm like, I just don't really know how I feel about doing that. You know, I, I'm just not really into that. And I know some people are. And I just would hate to waste a year on my amazing female to catch these genetically deformed snakes and shit, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think the... Genetic uh, like degradation takes a lot longer than we than we think it does in reptiles. Yeah, no, no, I'm sure. It does. But I get it. Yeah, I mean, it's recessive morphs and stuff out there even started off. You know, they're all you know sib to sib and stuff. But uh, I'd try yeah. it like you know one or two generations. But anything past that, I'd kind of be like, nah, we're gonna start. You know, at some point we're gonna start drifting into that sort of mess. Yeah, up, like you know what I what I think I actually snakes without a face. Is um, I'm probably gonna just put that female off another year or two mm-hmm. and just hold off because what she's a 2015, so she's four now, and I've never bred her yet. And you know, I was thinking, oh, like maybe when she's four, like I'll, I'll do it then. But I might even put her off another year or so and see what happens with this uh this high yellow pairing I got going on right now with Socrates. And um, I mean, if everything goes over well, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna pair a holdback to you know, I'll I'll, I'll pair what like a nephew her mm-hmm. nephew to her, you know. Yeah. And that might even be that. That'll probably end up being a better pairing than um, doing the sib to sib. Mm-hmm. You know, so I might I might go for that. Well, I mean, I guess we'll just see what it, what happens. Just kind of try to go with the flow and not plan too too far ahead because life happens and you never know. Announcing your plans is a good way to make God laugh. What's that? I said announcing your plans is a good way to make God laugh. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, so are you gonna you gonna thin out on ball pythons a little bit? You think? Oh, man, yeah, I got a lot of ball. I mean, you know, I don't even have that many ball pythons, but like to me, it is. You know, I got like sixty ball pythons or so, and um, yeah, I, I kind of want to, but I'd like, still I keep some around. Them. But huh? So I'd, I'd still keep like some around. Yeah, well, I'm the thing is, I've been at it for, for, for four years now with the ball pythons, too, and I've been building up this collection for years, and, you know, I've been buying snakes as babies and that are now finally big enough to start breeding with, and, you know, these past couple of years, I've only hatched out a couple of clutches of ball pythons, but, you know, um, I'm looking at maybe, like, 20-plus um, this next year, you know, this next season, and... It's like if I just keep at it, you know, I can I can probably make something out of it. But I just uh, I just like the green tree pythons, man. I just want I just want a stellar collection of green tree pythons. I want to walk into my snake room and it just be wall to wall with congros, with every freaking color in the in the rainbow laid out, you know. And mm-hmm. but um, I yeah, feel you, I man. Know. You're preaching to the choir on that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't gotta justify it to me. Yeah, 
But um, I, I'm, I've been, I'll probably end up sticking at the ball pythons for a little bit. I'm not, I wouldn't even really know where to start if I wanted to just flip my whole collection like in one shot, mm-hmm. you know. That and like if I were to try to do it, that would be the ideal way to go about it, you know. It's like just yeah, that's what I did with my crested. I was like instead of sending these things off one at a time, you know, just find yeah. some, just make someone a good deal on the whole thing and get it over with. Yeah, exactly. Take all the racks and everything. Yep. You know, take it all. But we're uh, we're at an hour and a half, man. Nice. That it goes, was that it was, goes by quick. Yeah, it does go by quick, huh? I was like, man, I don't know if I got ninety minutes in me. Uh, plug all your all your stuff if people want to find you. Well, um, right now they can find me on Instagram at High City Reptiles. Um, I'm not on Facebook or anything like that. Um, you know, I'm I'm still been on the fence about getting on that. You know, some people tell me to do it, and other people are like, nah, don't waste your time. Don't bother. Huh? said don't bother yeah i'm probably not gonna and um i'm just really on instagram right now i got a i got a page up on morph market um people can check out i only have right now i have a couple ball pythons on there i was gonna hold off another couple weeks and get some more meals and the rest of these green trees before i start posting those up for sale you just reminded me i need to go do a review after we're done oh nice yeah no pressure man you know be honest you don't need (laughs) you know speaking of speaking of review um so would you tell me what you how what you think of that green tree you got for me today, man? Dude, it's awesome, man. Yeah. Like everyone, uh, I know yeah. it, it drives me crazy that everyone only wants red neos. I'm like, yellows have just as nice a stuff as reds do. Like everyone yeah. needs to stop playing yeah. around, man. This thing's gonna be smoking as an adult. Yeah, I think so too. You know, I was packing it up today, and I was uh, or not today, yesterday, and um, you know, I'm pulling it out of the tub and I'm getting it off the perch and I'm holding it and I'm looking at it and I'm like man this thing is nice yeah <laughs> you know like man this thing i didn't like really realize how nice it was until i was like holding it because you know i haven't really held any of them because they're mm-hmm. so small and you know i haven't you know been trying to be not hand hands off you know and um yeah i'm actually holding it i'm looking at it i'm like man this thing it, is super mellow weird. too it came right out of the tub when it came in and was yeah crawling on my hands it was hanging out yeah you know yeah they, they all seem to have a pretty good demeanor on them which is really nice you know it's funny Yours the two I too, man. Yours came right out. I held I held that thing no problem. He's not shy. I was being super cool. Didn't try to snip at me once. Yeah, time. that whole clutch, like once you get them out, they're pretty they're pretty mellow. You know, they're pretty yeah. chill. I they really don't take any swings at you unless they're they're thinking your fingers are food. Right, right. Well that's you know, that's another thing a lot of people, you know, with um or oh green tree pythons are so aggressive and you know, from my experience, you know, they're just cage aggressive, man. That's why this um removable perches are so mm-hmm. important. You know, like they might want to bite you, but you, you take them out of that cage and they're they're nine out of ten times they're calm. Mm-hmm. I think it's almost like a muscle memory. Like it's just a reflex. Right, right. You know, it's just a the, the lizard brain to say yeah. uh, at work. Right. But, yeah, man, I'm excited to see how this thing turns out. Uh, you know, between that and the, the Manoc I have come from David soon and then the two that I have from Luke that have some Manoc slash Highland blood in them you know it's gonna be be some cool stuff and the funny thing about the two babies from luke is they're same like they're clutch mates but they have two completely different personalities like one of them super chill doesn't try and do any anything funny the other one's just a monster very cool and they're you know so i got some cool stuff in the works this actually works out really well like i told you man i like trades because you know yeah man i'm all about it you know you, people was, people want Beox and people want different blood, and I want more than just Beox and different blood. And yeah, making a well, that's how, well, I don't know if you noticed when I when I messaged you about when I was like, hey man, you know, I, I I'd be interested in one, you know, but 
you know, like for myself though, you know, like I want it, I want it for my collection. You know, I don't plan on doing anything with it other than growing it up and breeding yeah. it one day. You know? And I, I, I definitely know that's a pretty popular thing nowadays to uh, snatch up clutches and sell them out and stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I just want new blood, man. Absolutely. Just new blood. I was, I was super excited that you wanted to trade with me. I was like, hell yeah, Justin wants Always, one of my snakes. Man. Always. <laughs> Yeah, hell yeah, I was all about it. You That's know? why I, when I when I talked to Luke and David, I was like, "Look, it's like we can either spend a bunch of money on each other's snakes, or we can just trade each other each other's snakes." And they're like, "Right, yeah, good point." <laughs> it's like, yeah, we all, we're all just gonna spend our money with each other anyway. Why don't we just cut it the yeah. chase? <clears throat> yeah, and I mean, ha- you know, having my snake in your collection and vice versa is, I think, in my honest opinion, more valuable than having the money. You know, I, yeah, I would, yeah. you know, I, I like that, you know, another Condro guy wants my animals and is proud to have my stuff. You know, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, I mean, I for, for I me, mean, it's like a, you know, looking out for each other kind of thing. Yeah, you know? It's like there's a sort of a professional courtesy in a sense, like not maybe in the traditional sense, but, you know, it's like, hey, I want one of theirs. They want one of mine. Like, yeah, of yeah. course I'm going to trade. Like, no, yeah, brand. no. And, I, and yeah, you know, it's like, obviously, you know, like I'm sure. I'm going to be seeing that snake posted up on your page. Oh, hi city reptiles. Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's like invaluable, you know, like that's like, that's what it's all about, you know? Definitely. Definitely. Completely agree. Do you have a website or anything? You just got the Instagram right now. I'm just on Instagram, just Instagram and market. I've been wanting to get a website, but, uh, I did look into, um, doing like a free website type deal. Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of, I, it, I, it was just kind of garbage and I wasn't really into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a buddy look into, um, I had a, a, a buddy who runs a, a piercing studio and he, um, he was like, Oh, well, I have a website through this company and they run all my stuff and they just do it all for me. And he's like, with what you got and the inventory and this and that, he's like, it's going to be a couple grand and kind of asking around that kind of square space, like man. Huh? Squarespace. I made the THP website in like two days on Squarespace. Really? Yeah. And it's good? It's decent? Yeah, building websites is not hard now. You don't have to know code yeah, or I'm, anything anymore. I'm terrible with that stuff, man. I'm, I'm really it's, bad. It's I literally all drag and drop now. Huh? I said it's literally all drag and drop now. Is it? Yep. And how much does that cost? Um, I think I pay like 10 bucks a month for hosting. Oh, that's... Yeah, it's not cheap. it's not bad. Wow, that's actually really yeah. Because from what I was being quoted from a couple of people, it was going to be a couple grand. Well, that's yeah. Be... If you have somebody build one, like if you do like a WordPress, right. which WordPress is cool, but WordPress has way more options. Like for me, we just needed another platform to be able to post episodes and do some articles and just a place for people to find us. So we didn't need anything super yeah. fancy. You know, and yeah, Square page, Squarespace is that. perfect for that because WordPress is cool and all, but WordPress is overkill for a solid 90% of the people in our industry. Right, right. And then on top of it, there's like a maintenance fee every month for them to, to mm-hmm. keep it updated for you and stuff. Yeah, and, if you have other yeah, people doing that, it's going to rack up quick. Yeah, it just seemed a little bit out of my budget. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, you know, I don't Squarespace, really necessarily man. need the website. You know, like I got a morph market, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. It's cool. But, you know, I definitely want a website. It, it, there's just something about it. It gives you a little bit more of a, a level of professionalism, you know? Definitely. It's good for SEO, too. Get you, get you in the Google search rankings. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, man. I would love for with 
when you type in green tree python on google high city reptiles popped up that'd be sweet <laughs> you know? Cool, man well i'm glad i got to meet you at daytona i'm glad i got yeah, one of your snakes dude. and i'm glad you came on tonight man it was it was, it was awesome man the pleasure was all mine you know i'm just, like i said before I, I was super excited when i first bumped into you we'll uh we'll get you on again man absolutely absolutely man thanks for having me dude it was it was awesome talking to you man it was a lot of fun definitely keep in touch awesome justin thank you dude have a good night man take it easy night later buddy all right y'all that was episode 17 uh hope you enjoyed it a quick reminder Southeast Carpet Fest is happening in Melrose, Florida at P. and Cody Bartolini's house of Terrestrial and Arboreal. That is happening the weekend of February 8th. So the actual event is going to be the 8th. We're going to be doing some uh, pre-Carpet Fest stuff on the 7th. We're going to be doing some post-Carpet Fest stuff on the 9th. So if you're in the Southeast area or, I mean, hey, if you're even in like the UK and you feel like making a trip over here, Melrose, Florida, February 7th through the 9th, Southeast Carpet Fest 2020. It's going to be a good time. We're working on an auction site right now to be able to host auctions again since Facebook and the Zuck have uh, cut us down at the knees. Um, more information to come on that. Thanks to David Brahms, Specialty Enclosure Designs, good friend, good man, for uh, sponsoring the show and making this possible. Please, if you need Python portals, Draco portals, make tubs look good, uh, sliding glass front tub cages, uh, mini hooks, perches, perch holders, all that good stuff. David's got it. Specialtyenclosuredesigns.com. Thanks again to David uh, from High City Reptiles for coming on tonight. And we will, me, whoever else is guest hosting next week, uh, we'll hear from you then. Thank you.